Well, welcome Pathway family at all of our locations. Those of you who are watching online, so glad you're here uh, for this final weekend of our series, Taking More Territory. And I am super psyched about today's message. And, and I'm super psyched about it because we've really come to the crux of the matter. We, we've come down to where the rubber meets the road. And, and like we've been talking about, in, in the end, it all comes down to our hearts. You know, it was interesting after last week's interview with Pete Oaks, uh, a friend of me said to me, you and Pete seem like you're so excited about giving. And I thought about that for a while, what he said, and I don't think I really get that excited about the initial act of giving. I'm just being honest. It's like when I made that gift to my friends, Ben and Helen Wesley in Africa, it took me two weeks to push myself and decide to make that decision. I mean, I mean, I was scared, I was reluctant, I wasn't sure it was the right thing to do. But in the end, when I do give, the reason that I think I get so excited about it is it's not so much the act of giving itself, but rather it's what happens in my heart as a result of my giving and what happens in the world as a result of through my giving. You see, I think a big part uh, of my journey is that I've discovered when I look down in the deep recesses of my heart, there's actually something very dark. And I think when I look deep down in the recesses of my heart, I think I really see that I love money. You see, I love what money can buy. And I love the security that money brings. So in my heart of hearts, my gravity is to hold on to money much more than I hold on to God, especially for my security and for my happiness. But the epiphany, I think, that, that's happened in my life is that in those moments where I can finally open up my hands and open up my heart to God and, and give to Him, that's when those things even that are most precious to me, that's when amazing things happen. Amazing things happen. Like when Pete said last week, I, I put a zero behind whatever I'm going to give. And when I take risk in my giving, whether that be an ongoing gift or, or a one-time gift, when I take risks in my giving, amazing things happen. You see, it's been in those moments in my spiritual life where I think I felt the most afraid and the most scared that at the same time, after I kind of get over all that, I end up feeling the most alive. Because it's been in those moments where I've cracked open my heart and I've actually said, God, I love you more. I trust you more. I believe you more for my happiness and for my security than this money that I can hold in my hands. And it's been in those moments as I've taken those kind of steps of faith where I felt this deep river of life just flooding into my soul that's been unexplainable. And it's just been a huge catalyst for my faith as God has filled my heart. And the crossroads of those moments is actually really what I want to talk about today. The crossroads of those moments is what I want to call today the point of surrender. The point of surrender is where you actually take a step in your heart of hearts to totally depend on God and nothing else. To begin to have, be a, you put yourself in a place where faith is possible, where you're operating a little bit without a net. That is where I'm talking about. 
And to dig deep down onto this point of surrender, what I want to do is I want to take us back once again to this key character that we've been studying throughout the series. I want to take you back to Abraham. And Abraham, as we have seen, was a great man of faith. But we all know he wasn't always that way. He was a work in progress just like we are a work in progress. There was a lot of territory God still wanted to take up in his heart, especially after he called him in Genesis chapter 12. You see, the truth is, Abraham, Abraham struggled with surrender. For example, right after Abraham starts his journey, Genesis chapter 12, heads down toward Egypt, and when he arrives in Egypt, he's afraid that Pharaoh is going to take his beautiful wife Sarah as his own wife and then kill him. And so Abraham tells Sarah to lie to the Egyptians and tell them he is her brother in order to make sure and preserve his own life. But then as a result of Pharaoh taking Sarah as his wife, God sends disease and sickness to Pharaoh and to all of his household. And so Pharaoh and his whole household and Sarah end up suffering because of Abraham's unwillingness to trust God and surrender more of his heart to him. And if you go uh, back through the rest of the book of Genesis, there are at least five total times where you can see Abraham struggled in surrendering his heart to God. And he pretty much fails at every test that he goes through. But the reason that the scripture records all of those failures is because they show us how God was trying to grow Abraham's heart. How God was trying to take up more and more territory of his heart. And the reality is, Abraham's faith did grow. It did grow through those experiences. He learned slowly but surely to surrender more and more of his heart to God to trust him more. And that's what we wanted to do today, actually. Really kind of at the conclusion of our service. We want to take an opportunity. We want to take an opportunity. We want to go to a crossroads of surrender. So that more and more of our hearts can be engulfed by God. That we can follow God and experience God just like Abraham did. And end up being a blessing to the world as well. Well as we continue to look at the life of Abraham. In Genesis chapter 18. God sends a messenger to tell Sarah and Abraham a son would be born to them. The messenger says to them this time next year you'll have a child. And sure enough. A year later, Abraham and Sarah have a child, and they name him Isaac. Abraham at that point in time was 100 years old, and Sarah was 90 years old. So God's promise finally comes to pass. He's fulfilling his promise to bless Abraham and to make him the father of many nations. But The story isn't over. And that's when we get to Genesis chapter 22. It's about 15 years later. Isaac's now a teenager. That would make Abraham 115, Sarah 105. Not exactly a great season of your life to be raising a teenager. (laughs) But in Genesis chapter 2, we see Abraham go through another test. And this test is actually by far the most difficult test that he's ever faced. Listen to what it says, Genesis chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, 
your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. Wow. And I want to stop there just for a moment and point out a couple things because this scripture is so loaded with stuff, uh, I don't want you to miss it. Verse 2, it says there, take your son, your one and only son. Sound a little bit familiar? Sounds a lot like John 3, 16, where it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. It's foreshadowing. It's a foreshadowing of Jesus. Then they go to the region of Moriah. Do you know where that is? That's Jerusalem, where Jesus would be sacrificed as the ultimate atonement for our sins. Once again, another foreshadowing of Jesus. But for the sake of kind of where we're going, let me underline a couple more things here in these first two verses that really pertain to our subject. First, the writer here wants to assure us that Isaac was never really in any danger. This was a test. That's what it says in verse 1. It was a test. In many ways, it was like a test, like the other tests that Abraham had faced during his life. But this test was definitely the most difficult test that he ever faced. Have you ever been in a situation like that, maybe kind of stressed out because you were going to get ready to take a very difficult test? That actually reminds me of a story uh, of a college student who was uh, taking an ornithology class or the study of birds. And, and the final was coming up, and he knew that it was going to be very difficult because this professor had a reputation for extremely hard tests. Well, he works really hard preparing for this test, and when he gets there, man, he's just blown away. I mean, there's no questionnaire, there's no essays, there's no multiple choice. All there is is 25 pictures on the wall. 25 pictures of birds' feet. Not their bodies, not their wings, not their feathers, their feet. And the professor says, here's your final. You must identify all 25 species of these birds from their feet. And when the college student hears this, I mean, he just goes ballistic. He says, I mean, this is ridiculous. I mean, nobody studies birds' feet. I can't identify their feet. But the professor says, doesn't matter. This is a test. You have to do it. And the kid says, I won't do it. I'm going to leave. So he gets up to walk out, and the professor says, you can't leave. If you leave, I'm going to flunk you. And the kid says, just watch me. So the professor says, all right, you flunk. What's your name? And so the kid pulls up his pants to his knees and says, you tell me. And he walks out. Well, the truth is, sometimes tests are hard. Tests are hard. That's where that's, that's, where that's going. So Abraham, though, is facing the most difficult test of his life. And God calls to Abraham in verse 1, and Abraham says, here I am. And understand, Abraham at this point is not giving out information about his geographic location. No. I mean, he's offering himself to God. This is Abraham's way of saying, God, man, I'm here at your service. And remember, Abraham had heard the voice of God before. God's voice before had made wonderful promises to Abraham and about his destiny, about his future. But at the same time, this voice had also come to him and told him very difficult things. For example, this voice had told him to leave his homeland and everything that was familiar to him. I mean, this voice had told him that he and Sarah would have a son, even though that they had a combined age of 190 years. And now, 
this voice was coming to him again. And this time, the voice was telling him to do something that seemed so incredibly crazy. To give up his one and only son. To give up the promise that God had made to him. You see, the voice of God was saying to him, was asking him in these moments, he was asking him really to surrender. And Abraham's response here is so powerful. He says, here I am. Here I am. I'm at your service, Lord. I will do whatever you tell me to do, Lord. So the first thing I want you to see about surrender today is surrender is about obedience. Surrender is about obedience. Abraham says here, I'm willing and available, God, to do whatever that you tell me to do. Didn't matter what his age was, didn't matter what the assignment was, Abraham was willing and he was available to be obedient to whatever God told him to do. And so for my question for you today is, are you willing? Are you willing as a follower of Jesus, as a person who has said, Jesus Christ, you are the leader, the savior of my my life, are you willing and ready to obey? Will you do whatever God tells you to do? That's what it means to be a follower of Jesus. That you will do whatever he tells you to do. And I have to tell you, every time that we talk about money, I I have an enormous gravity inside of my soul. I'm telling you, just to kind of play along, just to watch. You know, what everybody else, not kind of walk it out myself, but to watch. You know, in fact, I can remember several years ago when we were making financial commitments to in a season of our church that was called Unfinished. And, And God was prompting me to take a step of obedience. But I really didn't want to do it. I didn't want to obey. I I just kind of wanted to stay where I was at. I kind of wanted just to kind of stay where I was at and kind of watch everybody else. But surrender in following Jesus is not about watching what other people do or watching some other kind of spiritual parade. It's about us doing something. It's about us doing whatever God tells us to do. So make sure today as we come to this major waypoint in our journey, I just want to say to you friends, brothers and sisters, make sure and not miss this crossroads and make sure when you get to this crossroads that you obey. That's what it means to be a follower of Jesus, to obey, to follow him, to do what he tells us to do. And if you do, I promise you, God will do something. He'll do something incredible. Just like in Abraham's life, he did man something crazy incredible in Abraham's life. But Abraham had to obey. Let's move on. Let's move on in our story, see what happens next, beginning with verse 3. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed in it on his son Isaac and he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father Abraham, father, Yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, 
God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. And when they reached the place that God had told them about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and he took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the place the Lord will provide. And to this day, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies. And through your offspring, all the nations of the earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. You know, to me, this is such an incredible story. And so the next aspect of surrender I want you to see so clearly here is surrender is about giving up that which is most precious. You see, Abraham was, give, was willing to give up that which was most precious to him. God asked Abraham to sacrifice his one and only son. The son that was the fulfillment of everything that God had promised. And in so many ways that didn't make sense. But Abraham knew and trusted in the fact that God was good and that he always provided. Even look back there in verse 5 what it says. It says, Abraham says to his servants, Stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. So did you catch that? We will worship and then we will come back. Abraham didn't know how God was going to provide, but he knew that God would provide. So the question I want to ask you is, what's the Isaac in your life? What's the Isaac in your life that God wants you to surrender? And I don't know what that is for you, because all of us have a little bit different Isaac in our life, those things that we hold most dear. It could be those finances that you perceive to be your stability and your security. I mean, it could be some kind of a pleasure in your life. It could be some kind of a possession. It could even be some kind of a position. But what is it in your heart of hearts what is it in your heart of hearts that you hold on to more than God and that holds you back from surrendering to him, especially as we're talking about the area of finances? And today, are you willing? Do you have your hands open wide? Do you have your heart open wide? And you say, God, I'm willing. I'm willing to do it. I'm willing to give it up just like Abraham gave it up. It was hard, but he gave it up. You know, as I thought about surrendering things precious to me, I thought about a crossroads, like I was telling you about a little bit earlier when we were making financial commitments to Unfinished. 
And the area God spoke to Chris and I regarding surrender was about our savings. You see, in my mind, God could have a portion of my income, but God couldn't touch any of my savings. Because see, those savings, those are mine. You see, I couldn't let go of any of my savings because my savings was my security. I mean, what if something happens? What if something goes wrong? What am I going to do if I don't have my savings? But I felt like God was saying to me, which is right out of Scripture, all the resources you have, Todd, are mine. They're not yours. And I want to be your security, not your money. You see, God was trying to say to me, it's me. I'm your security. I'm I'm your happiness. I'm your life. But it was so scary, especially during that time frame of life, because it was one of the most stressful financial seasons of our lives. I mean, we had seven cars at that point in time. We had three kids that were going to be going into college in that next year. But God just kept saying, trust me. Surrender. I'm going to take care of you. And so you know what? We did. And it was scary. And we gave a significant portion, not only of our income, but of our savings to God and to his work. And you know what happened? After we made that decision and we gave those resources, a few months later, unbeknownst to us, our son Josh ended up getting a full-ride scholarship to play football. His complete college experience was paid for. Now they're even paying for his master's degree. And in those moments, when that happened, I could hear God's voice saying to me, you see, that's what happens when you surrender. I'm your security. I'm your happiness. Now certainly, Chris and I, we weren't expecting God to provide in that exact kind of way. We didn't give with some kind of expectation that God was going to give back to us financially. But we do believe one way or another that God's going to provide and that God's going to bless us with more joy and with more peace and with more purpose and more kingdom impact than we can ever imagine when we surrender. So today, what's that for you? What's that step inside your soul that you know that you need to surrender? What step of surrender does God want you to take? You know, like for me, it, it could be like those finances that, that maybe you perceive as your stability or security for you, that you kind of lean on, that that's kind of part of your life. It's not God. Or like I said, it could be a pleasure, a possession, or some other kind of position that you lean into. But what's that most precious thing that you need to surrender so that in the end that you can experience the life that your soul really longs for so that you can make an impact in this world that God desires for you. God doesn't want to take anything from you. No, right now, God doesn't want to take anything from you who actually wants to give you something that's far greater than what you can ever imagine, just like he did for Abraham. Abraham didn't have all the idea in the world what was going to happen when he took that step of obedience, all the blessing that would come, and all the rippling effect that it would have for millennia. So today... As we wrap up the series, I want us to have that moment, that, that crossroads, 
where we can crack open our hearts, where we can open our hands and we can surrender more and more of our lives to God. And I want to let you know, when you're in moments like these, if you feel a little bit nervous or, or a little bit afraid, I want to let you know that you're actually in the right space. If you don't feel a little bit nervous and a little bit afraid, you're probably not quite in the right space. Because the point of surrender, I'm telling you, friends, no matter what juncture you're in, it's scary. It is scary when you're in the juncture of surrender. And in my experiences of surrender, there's always fear and there's always reluctance. I'm telling you, every time my heart crosses places in my life where I need to surrender more, it's fear and it's reluctance. But we need to do what Abraham did. We need to say, here I am. I'm going to do whatever God you tell me to do. And as we do that, just like with Abraham, what happens is, if we'll step into that surrender, we'll get to see God. And I'm telling you the reason so many times in your life that you're not seeing God, that you're not feeling God, is because you're not stepping into God. You're not stepping into those moments where you can only depend on him. And that's what I'm calling you to, Pathway family. Step into those kind of moments, whatever that is. And to me, one of the great ones is what we're doing today because in our finances, man, it just always feels so scary. But man, when we step into that, we begin to experience God. And then that ripples out into so many other areas of our life. So when you came in today, uh, there was a card on your seat. If you're watching online, you can click the link that's in the chat. You'll find this card. But this card is your invitation and your way to go on a 90-day heart journey. To go on a 90-day heart journey of surrender, a heart challenge. To take a step of trust so that you can experience the life and be able to have the impact that God wants you to. To begin to just to have more of your life filled up with God. And on this God, it says, because, on this card, it says, because my heart is being changed, I will start giving consistently or increase my giving to God through Pathway Church for the next 90 days. And for some of you, maybe you've never given to God before in your whole life. Or maybe you started at one point in time in your life, but then you stopped. And I want to let you know today, today is your time. Today is your time. Today is your time to start or start it in. Especially for you today, I believe God wants to do something crazy cool. He wants to do something crazy cool in your heart as you crack open your heart or re-crack open your heart and take a step of surrender today. It's a little bit scary. But I promise when you do that, man, it's going to be crazy. What you're going to see God do as you allow him to lead you in this area of your life. Now, for others of you, maybe your step in this heart challenge is to take a step of giving 10% of your income to God or a tithe to God. That's actually what that is. And taking a step like that, like I said, once again, it feels scary. It feels like you're not going to have enough. It feels like you're going to miss out. But I promise you, God's going to fill in the gap. He's going to fill in the gap. I don't know how he's going to fill in the gap, but he's going to provide for you. He's going to bless you in ways that you never imagined. He's going to do it one way or the other. He's going to make things happen. But in the end, the most important thing that's going to happen 
is in your heart. That you'll begin to more fully trust in God and what he wants to do in your life. Now for others of you still, you've been giving 10% already of your finances to God. So maybe you're like, kind of like Chris and I and you're going to increase your giving to God. Because you want to allow God to continue to take up more and more territory in his heart. Man, I want more of God. That's why I want to go. It's not that I want to go, but I want to go because I know what God's going to do in my heart. But whatever your step is today, I want to encourage you, Pathway Tamley, to do something crazy. Do something crazy for God. Add a zero. Double whatever you're going to do. And it's not about the number. It's, going to, it's about what God wants to do in here. That's what we're talking about. So do something crazy where God gets all the credit. Allow God to take up more and more territory in your heart through your giving. And as we take that step right now, man, I just want to pray for us. I want to pray for us to have courage. I want to pray for us to have resolve. I just want us to pray for us to have joy as we journey together. Because I'm telling you, as we all as a Pathway family, we go on this journey, I promise you, it gives joy. It gives joy when you're generous. It does. It brings joy to your heart. It brings joy to your soul. It bleeds joy out onto other people. And so what I want to do is I want to pray. And then after uh, I pray, your campus pastor is going to come whatever location you're at and give you some more instructions and then give you some more time to be able to listen. To be able to listen and respond to what the step that God wants you to take. So let me pray for you right now and then your campus pastor is going to come. Oh, Father in heaven, I just thank you so much for my Pathway family and just this journey that we're on. And God, I know this journey that we're on, Lord, as we allow you, as we surrender more of our hearts to you, you come in and you fill our lives, God, and you move us forward, God. God, you change us from the inside out, Lord. God, you change us from the inside out so that we can look more like you and we can make a bigger difference in this world. And Lord, so as we come to you today, Lord, we know that this area, God, it pulls us. It pulls us forward. It pulls our hearts forward, Lord, so that we can become more like you, God. And so we pray, God, as we go on this journey, that you give us courage, you give us strength and resolve to be able to be fully obedient, fully surrendered to you today, God. We love you, God. And we pray all these things right now in Jesus' name.